Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Sal Capaccio. I make a special Capaccio for you, right? Oh, now that sounds really good. Oh, you like? Hey, get away. Get away from my wife with that. What's the matter, Carpaccio no good? What? What do you do now? They don't like a Carpaccio. They oh. like Carpaccio. Oh. On WGR. I make a Capaccio for you. Sports Radio 550. As you may have already noticed, I mean, you're fast if you noticed it, but Sal tweeted... He's coming on with us, and there's a lot to digest. And I'm I'm excited to just turn it over to Sal quickly here, because I I don't know how I don't know how much I was uh, like going to need to digest from today, but I'm you know I'm ready to hear it because there should there is a lot to talk about Sal, and you had the coach and then the GM, um, you know both going over how it ended and where they go from here. What stands out to you as the most meaningful? Uh, revelation or comment from today, if you have a sort of a number one? I'm not as, I don't know. I'm still, I, I know that this team has salary cap challenges. I get it. And it's not like they shied away from that today. But I do think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott both gave a very reassuring tone that that's not going to stop them from doing what they need to do to drip, get back to being in a position to try and win a championship next year. Like he said multiple times, and I'm just reading through it again, writing an article about it, and that's my lead. That's my headline that he said, I'm not, you know, going to, I don't lay down at night, you know, thinking that we can't win a, have a shot next year. And he said, yes, we will get a bit younger at some positions, but we're not planning, this is his quote, we're not planning on taking a year off and not being, not be competitive. So I think that was, to me, something that had to be said today or at least thought about it. Because even if, you know, we've been in these situations before, right, guys, where maybe not with this regime, but you can go to uh, a press conference. And even though they're not going to say, hey, guys, we're going to stink next year, you can get a sense of, hey, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment here. We might have to take a step back. I got nothing like that today. I think it was the opposite, actually. Yeah, I mean, and and maybe, you know, that's. It, it's important, I think, to send that message. I mean, they've got to go actually do it. Um, but I, I think, yeah, you, you can hear. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess maybe now is not the best time to think of Darcy Regeer mentioning there's going to be suffering uh, so many years right. ago. But like, right. you know, like we're, you know, Brandon. When, when does that kick in? By the way, right, that suffering. Right, right. Now, I know because it's been so much fun. It's, when does the suffering <laughs> like, start? It just never stops the fun. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Bean could have sort of soft-pedaled even that, and, and he chose not to, mm-hmm. and I, I, re- I like it. I admire it, and I also think it's, it's right. Like, you start thinking about, like, realistically piecing together what needs to happen, and I think if you couple Bean saying that with both men, McDermott and Bean, emphasizing explosive plays and speed, 
I feel like maybe maybe they're waiting at the train station for the wide receiver train to pull it and sell. Like, and and I feel sure. like that's encouraging to me. That's a way that they could overcome some deficiencies if they you know can't have a fully formed veteran roster on the defensive side of the ball. Go find your way to some ex- now. It's going to be kids, and you got to hit on somebody uh, to make it work. But I, don't know, I I liked the tone that I heard today. I guess I would say overall. Me too, and it goes back to, and we've discussed this, you know, last year, how many times we were asked by people, is the window closing on the Buffalo Bills? And my response would always be, maybe your response would be to people, as long as you have Josh Allen, your window's not closing. And he basically said the same thing. He said, you know, look at the quarterbacks in the league, and I like our guy, right? I mean, look who we have. And that's why, you know, he doesn't believe in that. Um, As far as he even said that, he said, I don't believe in window closing. Like, that's not what I subscribe to. Um, You know, you have to make tweaks to your roster, sure, and you got to make some decisions. But he mentioned Josh Allen specifically and the fact that, you know, they're going to continue to push forward here. Um, He also, the thing that we talked about, I heard you guys talk about with, I mean, yesterday I think we talked about this with the contract restructures. And he said, I don't like doing it. I I don't like doing it. But, you know, the reality is you have to do it sometimes. So they're going to have to do a little bit of that. We'll see. Uh, He was asked about the projection of, I think it's $43 over, based on what, over the cap spot track, things like that. He did not confirm. And generally... Brandon is very good at that stuff, but his answer was, tell me what the cap's going to be. So there's still some figuring out exactly where they'll be in all this. Um, But yeah, I I by and large think that they're going to just kind of have to piece together some of the bottom end of the roster, kind of like they did this year. But for the most part, they feel very good about what they have and where they are. And even though they can't do a ton, they're going to have to do some. They're going to have to rely on draft picks. They're going to have to rely on uh, some cheaper labor and to find those guys. And that's going to be the key. And I am nodding through this as well, because like yesterday I said, I think to you also, Sal, like, I mean, I've said it many times, but with Allen, this kind of season you just had is about what should be your floor. I mean, mm-hmm. that's right. Point differential. They haven't always, I mean, they've had very good defenses this year as a caller to our show also pointed out earlier, McDermott has been able to make it work with depth when losing starters. So, um, that also should make this more likely. It's really more, I think, I don't I don't think very many people expect or expected to hear that they were going to have like sort of a rebuilding phase or something like that. No. But there will there will be a very different looking roster, I think. That's what I would have meant yesterday by retool. Like you have lots of guys going to free agency, you have a couple where you might have to eat some dead cap money, and you'll end up with I don't know how many, but a half dozen or more different new starters. I would think uh, next year. And, you know, I would probably expect them to be good anyway. I agree. And then the, the then you have to start paring down, like, what that means for exactly who, right? You have Gabe Davis going to be <coughs> – sorry, guys. You have to be – you have Gabe Davis who's going to be a free agent. And he spoke yesterday about that. And his intention is to, you know, go and test free agency. But, you know, you never know where that is. And both sides say they'd love to have each other back. And you get a lot of that kind of talk this time of year. He mentioned specifically getting younger around at certain positions. I asked about Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and I asked Sean. I think I asked Sean that, and Brandon was also asked. Um, but it was interesting to me that it was a very, very reflective tone on the two. In fact, I would say that Sean 
actually used past tense, even talking about Jordan, mm-hmm. even though Jordan's under contract. And I'm not saying he was telling everybody, you know, he's not on the roster. He didn't say that. He is, has a year left. But it was a very reflective tone on those two, right? And I thought that spoke volumes maybe about where they are there and where we can start, kind of start looking at places where there are going to be some changes. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you might be inclined to be reflective. I would say I, I've been that way about the two of them. Mm-hmm. Even though Poyer is under contract because Hyde isn't, and I don't know if you've seen the, the, the Instagram post from his wife thanking the city and the fans and all that. Like, So mm-hmm. it's not a retirement announcement, but it sure sounds like a goodbye of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. So you, I've been reflective about the two of them because to, the two of them are, they're, you know, they're peanut butter and jelly. Like they're just there. Yep. They've been there for the entirety of McDermott's existence here. And so... You know, chances were very high that both of them wouldn't be back, even if one of them is. So that that could be a reason for McDermott sounding like that, I suppose. Not to get all hung McDermott up. McDermott said that. he was. McDermott said he was driving into the stadium on Sunday. And he knew the defense would be introduced because it was their turn, and he said he was thinking about how you know they could be you know, their last time being introduced together. And I, I mean, something like that. And he didn't say it was definitively, but we also knew that it was the last game of the season. So I don't know if he meant together overall, together just for the season. He did mention because it was the last home game of the season. So I don't know if I want to take it that far. And, you know, I'm certainly mm-hmm. not trying to put words in his mouth, um, but it was very reflective. And I think one of the other, one of the others said, you know, I, I think Bean said, I, you've rarely, who, when do you ever see two safeties together for seven years? It's amazing that they've been here, but they've been such foundational pieces there. So, yeah, right there. And then you think about a guy like Stefan Diggs. Mike, you asked me what stood out. I think what stood out was both of these guys acknowledging they need to get fat and more explosive on offense. They need to have more explosive plays. I do think that means, you know, get faster, and they kind of acknowledge that, but it's also, hey – I think there was a line in there, something like, you know, you can get a track team, but you still have to have guys catch the ball. But they need that. And I think they both acknowledged that, which was really interesting um, going forward. And even though they said that, we know that Stefan Diggs isn't an explosive type of player. He had a drop in production, and Brandon Bean made it pretty clear. He said he still believes Stefan Diggs is a number one wide receiver. And they didn't just come to this realization on Sunday night or yesterday no like it's it's been it it might speak probably does speak to how they've played here in the last six seven weeks including two playoff games without Gabe Davis on the field where if anywhere Sal did today leave you in terms of Joe Brady um is it to be was it to be expected that there would not be any sort of stronger commitment to him today is that what you assumed that McDermott and Bean would say or did it maybe sound a little bit more like you know, he did well, but we're going to look around. Which one said, I think it was McDermott who said, no, it was Bean, I think, who said he will be and should be, he should be considered um, a very, you know, serious, s- under serious consideration, yeah. under serious consideration. That's mm-hmm. what the words were. And I apologize again, sometimes whichever guy said that both of them spoke glowingly. They both talked about how it's a very tough situation to come in, in the middle of the season and be able to do what he was able to do in the middle of the season to get the offense to where it was. They were both very impressed. I think um, both of them acknowledged that Josh Allen, you know, being on board with Joe Brady would mean something, even though. Brandon Bean, actually, his answer indicated that wasn't the case, but it was a joke. It was a joke. He <laughs> laughed, and he's like, yeah, we don't care what Josh thinks. Make sure he knows that, too. Um, I think th- what I took out of that more than anything was I think they wanted to be respectful of Joe Brady and what his options might be. So okay. it's not full on, hey, we're going to go get this guy and, you know, hands off. It's, 
hey, he's earned a right to also have opportunities. We want him back, or we might want him back, or yes, we, we think he should be very much under consideration here, but there's an interview process for us that we want to have respect for, and there might be somebody out there, and also he's going to have some options, so we want to respect that as well. But I think at the end of the day, I think both guys, to me, I came away feeling that they would be fine with Joe Brady being the OC, but they know they have to leave all options and all windows open there. I know we have talked almost endlessly since McDermott got here um, about like what what he wants, uh, what style of offense he wants, mm-hmm. and we know they became very run heavy, run heaviest team in the league down the stretch here, um, and even into the playoffs. That's 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 kind of who they were, and they won all these games until Sunday, and and, and now they're eliminated. Um, and I know how McDermott sounded when he got here, and I also know what. Like from 2020 moving forward, uh, the the data tells us the Bills have been a pass first, pass heavy, neutral situations. Like they're they, they get a lot of credit for for ranking very highly in those sorts of metrics. So they have been a pass first team. This is the first evidence. This last stretch here, six weeks, seven weeks, is the first evidence we've seen of that changing. Did McDermott sound different to you? Have you ever heard him talk about Andy Reid and pass first? I feel like he was, when he got here, was like control the line of scrimmage guy. Um, So it felt like a departure. I I like it. I mean, I hope they follow through with their actions because I think that is the way they need to go. They need to supplement their passing game and get more explosive plays. Um, I was encouraged by how McDermott sounded about that. Yeah, if I can, just for a minute, explain this for a second, because it was my question he answered. And I only say that because I want to explain why I phrased it and asked it the way I did. There has been a lot of talk since he's been here, as you said, but especially, I think, this year through through the OC change. I get it from fans. You get it from fans. Maybe we've talked about it, whatever. We hear it, you know, on social media. And I we read a lot, and fans, I think many fans believe he's just putting people, he's just putting puppets at OC so he can control the offense and run the ball. And he's a defensive coach, and he's conservative, and that's what he wants to do. I've personally never believed that. I think that Sean McDermott just wants to win, and he wants to put someone in a position who understands just do what it takes to win. If that means running, that means running. If that means passing, it means passing. But there's no necessary kind of, you got to do it this way, one way, or the other. But it, I also acknowledge, and I would say, I do know that he is a defensive coach. And sure, like he probably sometimes would lean more towards, hey, let's button down a little bit here. Let's mm-hmm. make sure we don't you know, give up an opportunity. So what I said to him was exactly that. I said, Sean, some fans believe, hey, Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. He's conservative. He wants to dial it back. When you look for an offensive coordinator and you're thinking about all this, you know, what is your response to that? And that's when he said, hey, look, he said, first of all, I am a defensive coach, but that's not true. I cut my teeth under Andy Reid. He said, and Andy Reid is pass first, throw to win. And I subscribe to that theory, and I believe in that. And especially with the quarterback we have in his growth, he said. But then later on, he also mentioned, but I do believe you need to run the ball when you have to run the ball. And especially when the weather turns, we've seen it happen here in Buffalo, not often. And according to the defense, maybe the defense is challenging you and says, we're not, we're going to take away the pass and you're going to have to run the ball. And in those instances, we got to become a better run team. And he said, and I always will believe in winning in the trenches. And I think when we hear that as people, as fans, as football fans, as analysts, we hear winning in the trenches, we hear rah, rah, go after it, biting kneecaps, right? Dan Campbell, bashing heads, three yards, cloud of dust. I don't think he necessarily means that. I think that can be it. He also means winning in your pass blocking. It just means making sure that you have options to do both. So at the end of the whole answer there, 
I agree with you, Bulldog. It was great to hear him say that. I still have people telling me it's not true. He's being disingenuous. That's fine. You can believe whatever you want, but there's the man on record saying it. I end up, after all that, and I respect all of that and mostly agree, it's just sort of I don't really care what he says, right? I mean, it's just more what is he going to do, and there's been good and bad and mostly good. Campbell is a really important and useful comp because everybody made fun of that guy when he was hired. Everybody did. I mean, maybe not everybody, but certainly in my world, it was completely mocked, Campbell. And, you know, he's been really successful. And part of that, and McDermott is also this, Sal, like give it, if you're thinking about game management sort of stuff, giving that up and, or if not, if not literally giving it up, letting people maybe more well-versed, you know, maybe more where that's their area, uh, have a voice and then listen to that voice. I think that's what Campbell has done. That's what Peterson did famously in Philadelphia when they won. And I think the Bills have done that too. That's really important for any leader, you know, any coach to be able to know when somebody under them, so to speak, you know, needs to be heard. And, you know, that's, uh, I think that's happened here in that area at least. Yeah, and I think it's important to marry the two things we just talked about together, which is they need to get more explosive. They need to find a way to be able to be a pass-first, throw-to-win team because I think that part of what we saw towards the end of the year by becoming more run-heavy has it's a chicken-and-egg thing maybe. I, I don't, I don't, maybe it isn't even. It's a, it's a cause and effect, though, to me, that they didn't have the explosiveness to get down the field as quick as they wanted, and they didn't have the players to separate like they wanted. And that's why I think they leaned a little bit more in the run game to make sure they put themselves in a better position to try and throw because if you're throwing downfield and you don't have separation, suddenly it's second and ten or it's third and seven, third and eight. And I think that that all has to be baked into it. So I take that answer, and I take the, yes, we need to be more explosive, and I marry those two together yeah and um you know you've got what they did here down the stretch and how they played you, if you want to and this might get a little you know the the bridge might start eroding under our feet if we venture out too far sale but i feel like how they played connected to everything you just said might be the biggest reason to be encouraged about them going skill wide receiver like speed yes. like, in the draft to supplement their team because maybe what they did on offense down the stretch was out of necessity because they didn't feel like they had other receivers besides maybe even digs or maybe even digs too that they felt we can win with you know like just leaning on them a hundred percent and i'll add on to that at the very least at least at least if you know, that's going to be a, if you want to make an argument for that, you know, sometimes we made arguments for that. We could say in the past, they got to do this, but you know what else we'd say, but you got to fix the line. Well, you know what? They don't really have to do this year, guys. Right. They don't have to fix the offensive line and they don't have to fix the defensive line. Now that with the understanding and everybody acknowledged this, even down there today, their defense didn't play that great on uh, Sunday. And especially the D line did not come up with wins and they didn't, you know, do what they needed to do. Everybody recognizes that. So, but you're not overhauling the defensive line other than maybe some guys who you have to replace or supplement in one year contracts. And you're not supplementing, you're not overhauling the offensive line. They're set there. They have five guys. They're all coming back. They're all under contract. And they were good this year. And McDermott said it was the best year they typically had, you know, since he's been here with that group. So take what you just said, Bulldog, what I just said, and then say, you don't even have to spend your resources up front like you might have 
thought you had to in years past, it gives you more opportunity to spend your resources on the skill position. I definitely agree on the offensive line. Defensive line-wise, Sal, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, yep. Puna Ford, Linval Joseph, all free agents. Leonard Floyd, Shaq Lawson, A.J. Epinesa on the edge, all free agents. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to either they you know they can find their way to keeping you know some of that group um, on on reasonable contracts. Great. Um, also bad. Von Miller not a free agent. Right. <laughs> right. So they they they'll have some work sure. to do there. I think um, you know, but who was Daquan Jones when he got here? Right. I mean, you don't want to get lose that player, but you might have to go find another version of him. Right, some gem that you can uncover and bring in here to supplement because I, I feel like he's probably earned a contract that might be out of their, you know, out of their range. Might that's right. I agree with that. I would say though, I think that is a position where they have operated in the past and probably still can, where you can you can get a guy for a one year deal or cheaper mm-hmm. two year deal still to come in because you're not going to have once you get the Chris Joneses and the Aaron Donalds of the world out of there and even even at Oliver you know and he didn't make a ton of money as a nice extension you can supplement them a little bit easier i think they like Kingsley Jonathan obviously and a but a guy like Shaq Lawson this is my great example for this right like Shaq Lawson's a nice player i like him i think he can play well Shaq Lawson still had no job each of the last three off seasons until late right. and the bills said okay come on back right so i think there's always guys like that out there 56 million people, as many as 56 million people, watch Chiefs Bills. Like, highest rated. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't, maybe, do you count? You're on the field. You I'm not sure. No, I don't. I'm on the field. The I don't count. 56 yeah, million. They don't count the people who are in the stadium. They, they, they never, they <laughs> never right. count the people in the stadium. Mm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's funny if you said, if Sal said, like, I was not one of them. <laughs> 56 million people watch the Chiefs yeah. Bills, not including Sal Capaccio, who was... Of course, there. Uh, pretty good number, though. Okay, well, uh, here we go. Day two of the off season. Thank you for your time, Sal. You got it, guys. Have a great rest of your day, and maybe even week. Who knows when we talk again? Who knows? Oh, that sounds ominous. All right, Sal, thanks. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I'm doing a thing now that's not really fair, but... Like wide receivers, last year's draft, mm-hmm. good and bad in the first two days. The Bills get to Justin Shorter at pick one fifty. You're not expecting pick one fifty to really hit. Pick pick one seventy seven. Puka Nakua. Mm, look at that. Went to the right coach, yeah. quarterback, and opportunity. roster opportunity because Cup was hurt, so he was able to establish himself, and then. I wondered, I think I even asked you in probably a fantasy context, does that keep going when Cup comes back? And it did. Do I, did I take that question? You did. If yeah, it was in a you, fantasy you context? You relished it, I think. I entered my first draft of, of, for next year. Okay, good. Yeah. I love my team, though. I made one pick, but I love it. Allen. Well, good luck. 102, Josh Allen. Super flex. Thank you, by the way. Season ended two days ago. You're going to scale back, but you're drafting teams. All right, sure. That makes sense. Good job. Nice fortitude. (laughs) Way to to stay strong. Right. (laughs) One of my guys, JD in Toronto, is like, let's draft. Like, okay. (laughs) If you're going to push so hard, I guess I'll do it. If you're you're going to beg, if you're going to beg, I guess I'll do it. He just tweeted it, by the way. He wasn't even talking to me. (laughs) He just tweeted it. Like, all right, fine. Fine, I'll draft with you. Fine, I'm in. 
We'll look for your calls again next. Ross Tucker at 5, 803-0550. Lines are open now. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.